That's right. We're back. We made it through one episode. We got entrance music getting bigger and better every single week, improving all the time. My name is Dandy Francesco. I'm the deputy editor at Cellside Technology. I'm joined by my co-host, uh, U.S. editor Anthony Malakian. Thanks again for having me. Uh, you know, it's uh, amazing that we haven't been shut down already. I'm sure it's only a couple weeks away, but while we got this going, let's see how we can improve it. That's right. The uh, the higher ups here at Incisive Media have allowed us off the leash for a second time around, so we're gonna keep going until they stop us. Um, and what better way to kick off our number two podcast than talking about blockchain. Now, let me preface this entire conversation by stating one thing early and often. Blockchain is not going anywhere. We're going to report about it a lot. Everyone's going to report about it a lot. It's going to be written about a lot. That's because every single financial firm pretty much is doing some type of blockchain project, innovation, something. So just be prepared for a lot of blockchain in 2016. It's not going anywhere. To that point, we had a lot of announcements uh, since we last spoke to you last Thursday. You had the uh, 13 firms invest in digital asset holdings, Blythe Masters, uh, Brainchild. You also had R3 run a bunch of experiments with, uh, with a bunch of firms on the blockchain. Uh, but what I want to talk about is the DTCC and the white paper they released about the blockchain. Uh, the white paper came out on, I think it was, I believe it was Monday, uh, and it was entitled Embracing Disruption, Tapping the Potential of Distributed Ledgers to Improve the Post-Trade Landscape. Uh, I'm going to be honest. When I first saw this and I first read through it, I kind of had to laugh. And I talk about this in my column this week. It kind of, right off the bat, it just came off to me as, this is this is FOMO. Shout out to... Uh, my girlfriend, Samantha Kimmel, for giving me, first telling me about that term, FOMO, fear of missing out. Kind of like when you're at a party, you don't want to go to the bathroom, you don't want to go grab a beer, you don't want to do anything because you don't want to miss out on a funny joke, something that's going to happen. That's what it came off to me with this whole DTCC white paper when I first read it. It seemed like, to me, it was, we missed the boat on this, we should have got in earlier than we could, so let's write a paper about how everyone should collaborate and how we should lead the collaboration because we've been around forever and why not? So it kind of rubbed me the wrong way when I first read it. Then I kind of, I had the opportunity, fortunately, to speak to Rob Palatnik, the uh, the DTCC uh, chief technology, uh, not, I'm sorry, not chief technology, chief uh, uh, infrastructure or architecture uh, um, officer. Sorry, I'm, I'm messing up his title right now, but he was very kind speaking to me. And he really gave me some great insight. And uh, a, a couple of the biggest things he said where he said the area is too siloed now. And I think everyone can agree. You look at the blockchain space right now, it's extremely siloed. Everyone has their own projects. Everyone's kind of doing their own thing. And as I mentioned in my column, if we keep going that route, look at the swap space. Look at how many CEPHs we have. Look at the issues we're having right now when it comes to what's going on in swaps with how many CEPHs we're having. And, and I think we can... Something like that could happen in the blockchain space if there's no type of regulation. Now, with that being said, on the other hand, I also don't think that means that we need to halt all innovation and let the DTCC hold our hands through this entire process just because they've been around for the longest. That's my an initial take. Anthony, what, what do you have on this whole uh, situation? Well, you know, I, I think that your column that you did was, you know, kind of spot on that everybody wants to talk about blockchain um, because they want to be 
the cool kids. They want to, you don't want to get left behind in this conversation. You don't want to make it seem like you're not, you know, hip to the new trends in the industry. Um, it's also a big reason why we write about it as a media company. You know, our readers want to read about it. Uh, so it's something that we got, I think just this, just in January alone, we've probably written anywhere from probably around a dozen stories on blockchain between sell-side technology, buy-side technology, inside market data, and inside reference data. Um, Where I would almost, maybe where I would disagree is, I understand his point about the industry being siloed right now, uh, but it's supposed to be that way. Uh, Right now, there isn't a clear-cut use case there is a couple ideas as to the potential as to how a distribute how a blockchain distributed ledger can improve uh, processing throughout the industry, but we're not there yet where everybody should be getting behind it. So I think that with technology development, you know, kind of like you have this new you know kind of cellular technology, you're going to have a bunch of providers come out. Let's see who has what to offer, see where the, the best gains can be made in whatever kind of back office processes and industry um, collaborations that can be developed using distributed ledgers. And then once we kind of see what's best, that's when everybody should then start coming together. I don't think right now this is new stuff. So I think that it should be siloed. Everybody should be going off, testing it, seeing how it effectively works in their realm for what they do, for what their expertise is. Can they go and take that and incorporate it into what they offer and improve it? Or do they go down this R&D path and then find out, you know what, this isn't really for us. This isn't helping our product. This isn't helping our clients. We're going to get behind your collaboration, your initiative, and will support that. But right now, I think that's supposed to be siloed. I think that's a good thing for the industry. I think that it's good that everybody's just kind of trying to do their own experiments because I don't think that it's right now there um, as far as a definitive, yes, this is what it's going to be perfect for, and here's the solution that it should be. Yeah, so that's kind of my thinking on it. Yeah, at, at the end of the day, the strong are going to survive and the weak are going to fall off. And that might take a little while for us to figure out, like you said, the right use cases, the right technology. But I think it's a little bit, I don't know, it's just the DTCC, it seems, is almost trying to just implement themselves in this whole concept. Because at the end of the day, they know blockchain is aimed right at post-trade. That's that's their bread and butter. That's what they've, so they realize, wow, guys, this is kind of gaining a lot of steam. This could massively affect our industry, our business. We should probably say that we'd be really important if we were involved in it because if not, you know, things will be bad and it'll be too siloed. So it did kind of, and the other thing that did rub me the wrong way, which speaking with, with Rob at the DTCC, actually, uh, it actually kind of eased my fear. One thing that struck me was they talk about how we need collaboration, collaboration, which is a big ask because like you said, this is a big business. At the end of the day, this is going to lead to a lot of money. So what what kind of bothered me was you guys are saying we need collaboration, yet you've only invested in one blockchain company. And I asked them just to verify digital asset holdings, which the announcement they received over $50 million, not just from the DTCC, from a bunch of different firms. Uh, the digital asset holdings is the only company that DCCC has invested in. That's a blockchain distributed ledger specialist. So you're asking for all this collaboration. Now, if I'm another blockchain specialist, if I'm R3, if I'm Symbiont, if I'm one of these other fintech startups, and you're telling me as the DTCC, we need to collaborate, I don't know how comfortable I am with that 
when you already have an invested interest in one specific firm. Now, Rob said it's a big space. There's going to be a lot of different solutions that are going to be created. So it's not like we're saying there's only going to be one and we're hitching our, our, our wagon to one horse. But then doesn't that kind of contradict what you were saying earlier about how it's too siloed? It's too siloed. So it's it's okay if there are silos. There just can't be too many silos. Um, I, one thing that really struck out to me yesterday I was at the, the DL Challenge. Uh, it's run by Santander uh, Innovations, blockchain competition, five different specialists there. Some Definitely some interesting technology. And I had the chance to speak to the winners, uh, which was Cambridge Blockchain about identity management. I wrote a story about it. You can read it. It's, it's, on, it's live on the website now. Uh, but I had the chance to speak to the CEO, who's obviously very involved in 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 the blockchain space. His name is Matthew Commons. And I also had a chance to speak to Mariano uh, Belinke, the managing partner of Santander Innoventures, who also obviously knows a lot about blockchain. And I asked them about the DTCC uh, white paper, and they both had very contradictory uh, responses. Uh, Matthew of the, the fintech uh, firm basically said, you know, he said he hadn't read the whole paper yet, but he said the DTCC is clearly a central player in the system. He said, you know, you saw them participate in the digital asset holdings fundraise. Um, and he said, you know, it's obviously going to disrupt disrupt something that they're they've been a part of. Um, and he said, I think anything that's going to be successful, you really need to have an active collaboration with them. So clearly he's all on board with them being a part of it. He thinks they need to be involved. And then kind of on the other side of it, you talk to uh, Belinky over at uh, uh, the Santander Innoventures, and he kind of says, you know, that maybe it's a little bit of we need to get caught up. He says, you know, I have the, the cool here. Uh, he said, there's a very quick reaction by market players saying, okay, we need to get in. We need to start understanding this better. Then there was a second wave of, oh, me too. I need to be into that. I think now we are starting to see marketplaces that can be affected by this or that part of the change that they're reacting. So, you know, he talks about how Swift made a similar announcement a couple weeks ago. These guys are realizing that their businesses are going to, to be disrupted. I think that's more what this this entire thing uh, is around it. Andy, any other thoughts on this whole space? I mean, there's a lot we could talk about and there's a lot we will talk about in the coming weeks, but anything else off the top of your head that you could think of that you would want to mention about the, the blockchain space? No, I think that uh, the coverage so, that you've had the coverage uh, pretty spot on so far. Um, this is going to be something that we're going to be writing a lot about. Uh, we're obviously going to be interested to hear from you, the audience, about where you think the BS is, uh, you know, because that's, I guess, the most important thing. As everybody's trying to put their name to blockchain and try and show that they're cutting edge, it's going to be important to be able to weed out, you know, what's real and what's just kind of somebody. It's kind of like with, um, you know, as cloud and software as a service kind of took hold years ago, everybody, first, no one really wanted to kind of say, yeah, we have this SaaS offer and stuff like that. No, we still think that the hard install is the way to go. Now, everybody was saying, yeah, this is a SaaS offering. And it was, it, the, the term just kind of got thrown around and muddied. I think the same thing will happen with blockchain, uh, where the term's going to just be thrown around for every single kind of distributed ledger and every, every kind of potential solution so we're just gonna have to kind of sift through what is real and what is not but that's kind of our job but we also want to hear from you obviously the reader whenever uh, you think that there's something out there that uh, doesn't quite strike uh, the right chord yeah absolutely absolutely spot on with that because definitely kind of well just like the fintech craze everybody thinks they're a blockchain specialist everybody wants to talk about distributed ledger but only you know so many actually really know what they're talking about uh moving on to a completely different topic on the buy side uh Stat Pro, 
was uh, you know acquired with the investor analytics acquisition and, and the merger. Uh, Anthony, how about you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, so Stat Pro bought uh, Investor Analytics uh, for I think it was uh, 16 million dollars. Uh, I, I wrote a story in the headline. I wrote uh, that this is a big buy side deal or something like that. And uh, there, somebody emailed me and goes, you know, Advent and SSNC was bought for what was it, 2.3 billion dollars. So 16 million is a bit of a drop in the bucket. And I fully understand that. Uh, that this is from a uh, monetary standpoint, it's you know not a huge deal. But with that said, and I guess the point of that article is that in my six and a half years that I've been here uh, and dealing with the buy side, dealing with hedge funds and uh, other alternative asset managers, I've always heard nothing but positive things about investor analytics and the, the service that they provide. Um the way that they come about at the way that they go about uh, Monte Carlo simulations and uh, variance, covariance, risk and factor modeling as risk is taking on greater and greater importance, you know, especially since 2008, uh, they've, they're a small company with, you know, just 50 clients, but it's, while it's niche, it's very, very well respected uh, offering. And to the same point, StatPro. You know, they're a much bigger company, 450 plus cl clients globally, um, even though that they're, you know, mainly center, you know, so they're headquartered in London and they're, I think that their largest portion of business is in Europe. I'm not 100% sure about that, but I believe that. Um, so they're also very well respected. They've won numerous of our awards here uh, uh with our various award programs. Uh, they've also won other media company awards. They're very well respected. They have a, a very good uh, portfolio management offering uh, through a revolution. Um, so it's, it's a big deal on the buy side because it seems like a very natural pairing to have these two together. You know, sometimes you kind of see SSNC and Advent. There was a lot of overlap there. Um, but it was a huge deal. So it's going to take some time for that to really weed out as to which platforms win, which platforms lose, where can they make uh, small improvements, you know, and it's going to take them a little bit of time to see, okay, where are we still maybe lacking? I think with a deal like this, clients should start to see benefits fairly quickly. And they uh, both StatPro um, and Investor Analytics both seem very... Uh, keen that this is going to move forward quickly, that the solutions will start rolling out. You'll be able to use investor analytics uh, right through the StatPro website without any real change. It'll just be a new tab um, on the StatPro website. So uh, this could be, as risk takes on greater importance and risk analytics specifically, this is something that you know we've been writing a lot about. Uh, I have a feature coming up in the February issue kind of addressing this. This this is an important deal because if you take two quality products and improve the breadth of services, then that's going to be a real win for the buy side. If the investor analytics uh, offering gets muddied or gets kind of pushed off to the side and it's kind of just like this, you know, you're now part of us, you kind of have to listen to us. Damien Hansey, the CEO of Investor Analytics, I think is one of the smartest guys that you're going to really meet as you're talking to you know, CEOs in this industry 
and bringing him into that stat pro fold is a big win for stat pro. So, but he still has to be able to have a say and his team that he's built there has to be able to have some autonomy to continue to build out their services and then figure out how that fits into the stat pro offering. If that happens, that would be great for the buy side. Um, even though this deal was very small, it's going to have ripple effects down the line. But the one other thing that I'm, I'm kind of interested to see is, you know, we've seen with uh, some on the buy side, especially just in the past year plus, but SSNC Advent, FactSet Portware, uh, Ice and Trayport, Ez Software and TKS Solutions, and now with StatPro Investor Analytics, some very big uh, buy side focus uh, mergers uh, over the past year. I would not be surprised. I have no inside information. This is just just looking at the, reading the tea leaves. I think that there could be something else in StatPro's future as far as broadening what their offering is. Uh, just because it seems like the industry as a whole is going down this, you know, collaboration, uh, managed services, utility kind of function. That hence why you see SSNC buying up so many companies, market making so many big deals. Um, you know, uh, uh, Fidelity National Information Services buying SunGuard. These are huge deals, and I would not be surprised at all if in 2016 here in the 2017 stat pro maybe tries to broaden out its tentacles whether or not that'll be good or bad you know that's it's a, you, you got to wait to see what the deals are and if there are deals but right now i think this is a very good deal for the buy side i think it's a big deal for the buy side because if you take two very well respected products and you can easily integrate them and it seems like both uh sides are saying that they can easily integrate these then it'll be very good for the uh industry as a whole that's, I guess, my two cents. Dan, what do you got? Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree with you. I think the fact that they're two completely kind of jurisdictions, areas, I mean, he, I, in your your story, which is very good, Handy says there's almost no overlap in the methodology, methodologies that we use. So, like you said, as long as, you know, um, IA doesn't kind of get put, gets pushed to the side because, you know, obviously it is a lot smaller than StatPro. As long as it doesn't get pushed off and, and, and not taken care of, I think that uh, this could be, this could spell very good things for, for all the consumers and, and all the clients involved. And I like you kind of reading the tea leaves, seeing bigger moves that they might be making. So, um, you know, so we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I think it'll be interesting. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I think you're spot on with how on paper, this looks like a good deal. This looks like it could help everybody because so often you see with these mergers and these acquisitions, it's, it's just kind of a, a grab to, 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 it's a grab to bring in more clients or more customers. It's kind of offering the same thing. And then you kind of get worried about what's going to happen to the actual product. The big thing with the, the Advent SSNC, the guys we talked to, was what's going to happen to that that Geneva team. Are they going to get pushed out? Are they going to leave? Are they going to stay? Um, and from, you know, a year, you know, pretty much exactly a year or just less than a year later, it seems like everything is still fine, still producing the same thing. This is kind of that different model of bringing in a completely separate thing than you offering, but kind of integrating both and, and producing something great. So I think it's, it's, it's definitely interesting. Um, as we always like to do on this, you know, uh, this podcast, we like to transition to some non fintech, non-financial services talk, uh, you know, both Anthony and I are, are big sports fans. Obviously, the big news of the week was the uh, the, the AFC NFC Championship football games. Later game, not really exciting. Carolina kind of just rolls against Arizona. Not a big deal. Cam doing Cam things. 
Obviously, he's fantastic. He's great to watch. He's a big joy. I love him. I think he's awesome. Uh, the early game, though, hit particularly hard for one Anthony Malikian as a, uh, a diehard New England Patriots fan. Tough to go down to the sheriff, the gunslinger that is Peyton Manning. Uh, Anthony, what, are your, what were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, you know, uh, as you said, it was tough. It wasn't fun to watch, that's for sure. Um, but I would say a lot of people came up to me like, oh, man, it's a brutal loss. You know, it's, it's, how do you feel? Listen, the team won, has won four Super Bowls. Oh, here we go. Here, here come the Patriot excuses. Four Super Bowls, a dynasty. A dynasty that I believe has only won one Super Bowl in the past 11 years. That's a hell of a dynasty. Well, it's a lot more than Jets have won in those past 11 years. So that's why I'm okay with these kind of okay, things. Okay, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Do we also think of that great Buffalo Bills dynasty that went to four Super Bowls and won zero of them? Is that also considered a great dynasty in your mind? I think that if you would ask a Buffalo Bills fan if they could have just one of those Super Bowl wins, that they would be very, very, very happy to have won one and lost three. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll let you, I'll let you have your time. Continue with your, uh, your funeral for the, the 2015 New England Patriots. Sorry. So I said, yo, I think that after last year when they won, I was very, very happy. Uh, obviously, it'd be great to watch them win again, but I'm so excited to watch Cam Newton. I'm so excited to watch Carolina play. I love the attitude they bring to the game. I like I like you know, teams that are perceived bad guys, like those great Miami Hurricane teams, those great Dallas Cowboy teams that... You know, and even the Patriots, but they're more of this evil empire. We say everything right in public, but then behind the scenes, we're a bunch of shady characters. And the other reason why I didn't mind the loss so much is with the offensive line the way it is, I think Carolina would have beaten up on poor Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Um, so I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't have been very confident about winning that game against Carolina. Now I can just sit back and watch the Super Bowl and enjoy it and watch Peyton Manning get drilled into the ground and be one and three. I think that that would make him in Super Bowls now. Yeah, one and three with the one win being an awful performance that somehow he got the Super Bowl MVP, but it was just a sham of an award. I, I will say this. I hate the New England Patriots more than just about I could hate anything. I hate Tom Brady. I hate Bill Belichick. He broke my heart when he left the Jets, when he was there, the coach for, what, two days, and then wrote his letter of resignation on a napkin. Awful human being. Hate him. Hate Tom Brady. Hate everybody. Hate Malcolm Butler. You know, the only somewhat redeemable character on the entire team is Rob Gronkowski. Just comes, he seems like he'd be an awesome guy to hang out with, but I hate him too because he's so freaking good. But with all that being said, I really, and this is going to sound crazy as a Jets fan, I really was disappointed that the Pats lost because I think the Super Bowl is going to be horrible. I think that Luke Keekly and that Carolina defense is going to run rampant over the noodle arm zombie carcass that is Peyton Manning. I think it's not even going to be close. I think it's going to be worse than two years ago when the Legion of Boom just made a mockery of Peyton Manning and the Broncos. I think it's just going to be awful and i'm actually going out to chicago to visit a friend and watching the game out there and i think it's just it's just i think it's gonna be a horrible game and i really think it would have been a good game had it been whether it was carolina or Arizona. both of those teams i think are, are very good although carolina proved how good they were i think the patriots would have given them a good game belichick you give two weeks to him to prepare he's gonna be able to figure some things out to cover cam uh i just you know everyone's so high and mighty on how good the denver defense looked I'm sorry, the, the offense, the Peyton Manning's offense is not going to be able to produce anything against the Panthers, and it's going to be it's going to be miserable. I think it's going to be a horrible Super Bowl. So for that reason alone, 
I am disappointed that the Patriots didn't make the Super Bowl, but still have the commercials to look forward to. One of my favorite things. We'll talk more about Super Bowl picks, all that stuff a little bit next week, you know, the, the week before the game. Um, before we wrap up, Anthony, anything else you'd like to, uh, to add? Nope. Uh, you know, <clears throat> looking forward to uh, having a weekend of no football. And, uh, but yeah. It'll be nice and uh, relaxing. Yeah. Uh, one quick plug. Uh, the SST awards are live now. Uh, the deadline for submissions is February 19th. We have 28 categories. Uh, same as last year. Uh, the event, the awards will be given out April 21st. Uh, prior to that, it will be the North American Trading Architecture Summit, which is always great. Bunch of leaders, bunch of great minds in there. Anthony will probably be chairing a panel. I'll probably be chairing a panel. There'll probably be a chat panel on blockchain. So uh, definitely work worth coming through and uh, checking out the conference and then following that up with uh, going to the awards. So get your submissions in. Like I said, the deadline is, is February 19th. Uh, but other than that, uh, hope everyone has a, a safe weekend. No snow this weekend. So have some fun. Enjoy the weather. And uh, we'll talk to you next weekend.